It's about freedom for life. Why mass media? Why are we starting here today? I believe we are starting here today because mass media is one of those elements in our life that influences us on a daily basis. And it's so subtle that people don't actually understand that it's a form of mind control done by the government and corporations and etc. Especially the ones that uh, that aren't even in the information streams but are in our entertainments around us all the time. Those are arguably the more nefarious ones where you're sitting down watching a, a piece of entertainment and you're still having all the all this messaging thrown in your face all the time. Yes, you put on the radio every morning and you don't think that it's some kind of messaging coming through, but it is. Yeah. And it's and I I know from my experience that I wasn't I I was not aware of how evasive it truly was until I started listening to Note the No Agenda podcast and they started pointing out, especially with news media, just how much corruption there is that it's lies that it's actively trying to deceive you it's propaganda which will be one thing we're talking about today is discussing that idea that a lot of people think the media yeah they get things wrong but their goal is still to inform us it is still they're still operating out of good intentions even though they get a lot of things wrong correct they the government and corporations pay large amount of mo- large amounts of money to news media, to the music industry, to the film industry, to the books you read. It it goes on and on and on. And Yeah, direct funding or through advertisements, which I have a lot to talk about advertisements because that's one of the big points of No Agenda Show is they talk about the advertising being a, a core part of that influence of where the money is coming from is the advertisers being the patrons of the media. Mm-hmm. So and media also influences your culture, which is another form of control. It just goes on and on yep, and on. Create that Petri dish. So what are we talking about with mass media? We're going to talk about news media specifically, and that's probably one of the larger aspects of it to talk about. But also all the other forms of media, the mass communications that surround us all the time. So what are we talking about with that? Um, that would include the television you watch, the movies you watch. Sports, music, books, websites, social media, podcast. Yep, video games. Video games. I'm going to throw porn in there. That's a big one a lot of people ignore. And these are all mediums that we interact with every single day, mm-hmm. and they have a strong influence on us, and a lot of the time subtly have a strong influence on us, and it's hard to... To pick up on that. It's hard to see that for what it is. I think a lot of people, when you talk about propaganda or censorship or anything like this, they they understand the definition of propaganda. And then in their heads, they say to themselves, well, I can't be affected by that, that this isn't surrounding me all day, every day. It's worrying about that other over there, like that country over there that's really good at propaganda and, and distributing that to the population. But that's not happening here. That's not happening to me. It's not surrounding me at all times. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And um, I think the other... It... They use mass media for control... The government, the government, and the corporations, and it, there's so many elements to it. 
they want to be able to control. They don't want you to realize that what they are doing is wrong. And this is the tool to this do that. This is the tool to do what that. What other tool would you use than mass communications where you can reach everybody at all times of day at any hour? Like this is the tool to, to be used to influence and to control and to manipulate and to really dig down to that root of the trivium of that information you're gathering. If you can directly inject your influence and opinions into that, you will control how a person develops their worldview and, and comes up in the world because i mean a person my age you know what, what age was i when i was watching television oh, very young yeah within the first couple of years and, and you're you're already having these foreign influences on you whereas before uh before mass media you would have it was only your experiences in reality around you that was what you knew it wasn't it wasn't the simulated experience that you get from all the, these forms of media. And I agree with you on the trivium part, um, which we'll discuss on our next podcast, the education system. But we have come to be so in the dark about being able to critically think about the information that we are receiving it, that people just don't know what to do with it you hear something and then you just automatically assume that that is what is yeah you just take it in and regurgitate and, it yeah and, and a lot of, a lot that is just a mentality itself but a lot of it is also coming from the authority like oh that the authorities were saying this that it, uh, you know that person who has that job well it must be their job to know so i'm gonna you know you just take that in instantly and just regurgitate it you turn around and speak it to everybody else mm-hmm. and that's the other thing with mass media is this is how reality is created is through that constant just over and over and over the just the regurgitation and just the the bombardment that is the media just all the new I'm talking specifically the news but all media but the news mm-hmm. media especially of just over and over all day every day just just speaking into existence what they desire which is control of the population at large it's called white propaganda white propaganda that's what yeah that is the there's three types of propaganda there's white propaganda black propaganda and gray propaganda and the white one is the repetition the out in the open I I look at patriotism as a good example Mm -hmm. of white, you know, everybody believes in the flag because we've been told that that symbol represents our country and what our, we've been told that America is about democracy and freedom and all that is good without actually knowing that America is not about democracy or freedom, but that's white propaganda. Whereas Black propaganda is the black op, the false flags. Yeah, you know, nine eleven. The the really deceptive. Deceptive, things. and then the gray ones are kind of the propaganda, where they kind of don't want you to know about it, but you kind of like. We're well aware that people in the CIA or the FBI put false information into the news media, mm. but you know. We know it exists, but people still allow it to exist, that type of propaganda. Yeah. Does that make sense? And that's the uh the importance of this sh- of this show is to is one and why I think we started here is once you can see a lot of this, you can then actually start 
to combat it and to not just let it seep directly into your head and just regurgitate it to actually fortify yourself against these influences that surround you at all points in time. And I mean, before you do that, before you stop taking up the crap, I mean, how can you start seeing the good and working towards, you know, the truth and good and high quality information when all you're doing is taking up crap all day and you can't even distinguish between the crap and the good. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people are at. And it's a it's a hard thing to maneuver in in that way. I agree. I think um, I think people should realize that we should talk about the six corporations that control all of mass media yeah, how few there are. There are only the, six. And the last in our research that we came up with was Disney, Time Warner, Comcast, which is NBC, yep. Universal, News Corp, Sony, and the Universal Music Group. Universal and the music. And that's a, that's a lot of ownership. And that's not just, uh, I mean, that's broadly television and radio, most of that, but that does, you know, music books. and entertainment and books and the print, the newspaper, the like media. that, that is, that is a very few amount of people to, to control and own so many things yes. like that. And, um, well, I found it interesting. I guess this would tie into it. Um, some of the reading that I've been doing before this, the book I was telling you about, The Science of Cohesion, which yeah. is by Christopher Simpson, um, I'm not going to go into a lot of details because there is a lot of information in the book, which we have already agreed that most people should do a lot of this research on their own. So we'll give you the information. Yeah, but jump to run off with from it. here, yeah. But he discusses in the book um, that after World War II, um, there was a lot of psychological warfare during World War II, and it was primarily funded by the U.S. government. And so post-World War II, what he did, or what the government did, was they continued to do the research into all this psychological warfare. And not only did the government do it directly by funding it, but they also funded organizations like the Rockefeller Foundation, the Carnegie Mm -hmm. Foundation, used Harvard and Yale and Columbia and all the big universities. And this was all in the early 50s. And what they did with this is they took this information and it became the premises for a lot of the communication and journalism programs that are even work in our colleges today and it also is the basis for a lot of social sciences and psychology curriculum in the colleges today yeah you create you you fund and create the education system and everyone who comes up through that education system is now heavily influenced based upon what they were taught what you're you're told the professor tells you this is the truth and this is how we operate so i just knowing that your the news that you listen today to today all those journalists all those reporters they went to college and are being taught this information that was studied in the 50s funded by the U.S. government, the military, the intelligence agencies, the list goes on and on. And they contribute over like 97 percent of the funds for these. (laughs) It sounds a lot like the medical medical colleges. Yeah. And I mean, not not even funding the education, but also a lot of these uh, companies, these radio and television companies, when they were starting out, 
came out of people who directly worked for the government. government like this guy here, uh, we got David Sarnoff, the founder of NBC. He was a U.S. Army general. William S. Paley, director of radio operations for psychological warfare, mm-hmm. CBS, the founder of CBS. There's a reason, I guess, they call it the CIA Broadcasting Network. It, like that, We want to get our news from that guy, the guy mm-hmm. in charge of radio psychological warfare. And that is how a lot of these things are viewed by the rulers. These are tools. That, these are weapons. These are a way of influencing people. And that cycle over and over happens again of a new medium comes out, whether, you know, first it was the printing press and then you have the telegraph, radio, television, the internet, all, and every time a new medium comes out and it promises, oh, and there is that initial expansion of knowledge and information and things can be traveled much easier, but then it's co-opted. It's take, you know, the, the, the established authorities say, okay, this is a problem. How can we get control of this as fast as possible, get behind it, co-opt it, sponsor it, fund it, and use it as our tool for for control and ownership. No, the television was specifically designed to control people. The whole premise of the television, when you go into the beta and alpha waves, um, when people are, their mind is always at a beta wave. The television within a minute several seconds it it's it switches your brain to beta waves which are no two alpha waves two alpha Alpha waves waves. from beta waves which are the you know being alert and aware and conscious of the things happening around you whereas the alpha waves are more of that unfocused receptive daydreaming hypnotic uh type of uh consciousness and it sucks you in and i mean when you think about the medium of television not only having the audio in your ears, but also the visual. And I mean, if you have a good sound system, you're even feeling it. You know, it it really does take over all of the senses and pulls you into that hypnotic state. Um, a very good documentary to watch. And it, it it's a, basically about MK Ultra, but they explain very well about how the MK the MK Ultra program is kind of linked to the television, mm-hmm. which we're going to do another podcast on MK Ultra because there's a lot in that. Is of mice and men by Truth Stream Media. Okay. It's a very long documentary. I think they could have done a little better job on it, but the information in it is very good, and uh, it goes into great detail on how they use the television to uh, co-op the person to make it easier to receive the propaganda. Yeah, to, while you're in that state, in your state, yeah. you know that's why advertisement is so the. You did a lot of reading into the advertising. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of advertisers being the patrons yes, of this media. Yeah. They are the, you know, and part of that. A good example is the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, and with the news ads. media specifically. Yes. The, the, I mean, in, uh, COVID was a great time to see that uh, of news media pushing uh, pharmaceutical drugs who those pharmaceutical companies then sponsor the news media that's pushing the pharmaceutical drugs and nobody sees a a conflict of interest there that 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 anytime you see an advertisement on something you're watching whether that's an inlaid ad or it's like an ad over the network of television or YouTube or whatever influencing and manipulation has occurred there mm-hmm. whether it's self-censorship of the host or it's the censorship of 
who the host works for, the organization, or it's the censorship from the advertisers directly. Whenever you have advertising involved in your media, there is manipulation occurring. Censorship. Censorship there, yeah. And that's why we're not going to have any ads because then you open up that can of worms of being controlled. Mm -hmm. And also who wants to take the money from these mind control? I mean, the advertisers are the mind controllers. They are who are interested in selling you and manipulating you and, and exploiting a lot of your psychological weaknesses to to sell you things. Mm-hmm. And that's the, uh, that's the part of the the whole thing we're seeing now of the you are the product model i mean what are most of these companies doing with your data when you say like you are the product and all this stuff is free they are selling it to advertisers that's one of the biggest ways that they're making money off of this data Mm -hmm. this a lot of this ties into that whole you are the product model and that's the same with the meat with the news media is the news media is not as interested in providing you the truth as much as they are groveling to advertisers creating uh, cap CBS calls it client audience profile. It, you have to explain to them, oh well, this is how, uh, this is the uh, the audience we're we're pushing with this programming. You know, how can we make this easier and better for your uh, for your advertisement so you can sell better things? But I'll talk about that more later with uh, the manufacturing consent book when we go through it. And with the advertisers doing that, that also makes them like a de facto licensing authority because they control who they're supporting. And all of a sudden, it's not so much about, you know, who has the the numbers, you know, what are people actually watching and participating in. It is about who are the advertisers supporting. So the advertisers become, they they control what media survives and prospers, whereas the public is is just along for the ride with that. And that's why, you know, we were talking about so few owners and that that's a large part of it is the advertising support, but also the government licensing. And whenever government licensing is involved like that, there is going to be control and manipulation occurring, obviously. Well, I also have to believe that the only reason the reason why they've consolidated down to six is just so much easier to control the narrative. Yeah. To control what is happening because when you have a whole bunch of independent people running around, which is why I think the whole internet, quote unquote, censorship, it's not so much that they are censoring people on the internet. They don't want the ideas propagated out on the internet. It, I'm trying to make that make well, sense. Well, a lot of the internet's becoming self censorship, where everyone on YouTube complaining about censorship are people who want their videos to have ads on them yes and if you don't have if ads are not on your video you're usually left alone on youtube you can say whatever you want on youtube as long as you're not trying to get the ad money on your videos but that's not even true though because look james corbett they took him off and he never took ad money but and i but his ideas they don't Mm -hmm. want those kind of ideas spread and so, and I think the only reason why it took him as long to get off is because James Corbett had some, I mean, he used to actually be a journalist. He was in the mass and 9-11 mm. is what kind of made him wake up and say, oh, this is not where I want to be at anymore. But 
they're just trying to control the narrative. They can't control the messaging like they used to be able to. I mean, you when I grew up, there were four channels, and yeah. that was all the information you received. You were either watching ABC, NBC, CBS, or PBS, and then Fox came along eventually. You know, it wasn't until we got cable that everything exploded. So they used to be able to have complete control over what they were telling you. Yeah, before the the disruptions like things like the Internet, where then, you know, you have to wheel it in again, as you were saying. So that's why we've been seeing the Internet be reduced to very few platforms such as Reddit and YouTube and Facebook. They want everybody operating on these controlled, censored platforms because otherwise, if you were Internet literate and were able to just make your own website and just publish your own things... Everybody can have their own space on the Internet and say what they want and and disseminate these ideas. But they want people, like you were saying, with the four channels, they want them on only these few uh, intelligence funded uh, Mm -hmm. organizations that are going to censor you, manipulate you, collect your data. They are. I don't think people realize just how much, um, especially the CIA with uh, Google. Yep. Facebook. I mean, they have offices in their main headquarters controlling. They, yeah, you nothing know. to worry about there. Yeah, so, the CIA is the good guys, yeah, don't you know? I forgot. They care about us. It's in the name of national security. But even Twitter, the whole... If you really believe that Elon Musk is all about free speech, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help you. Oh, you mean the guy from royalty? Yes, <laughs> I... Whatever. But that that comes with it. P- uh, powerful people are attracted to mass media because it is the tool. It It is what you use to manipulate people. And that's why governments and powerful people, you know, your, your big families are attracted to and got involved in media to the extent that they did because what else are you going to do that's as effective at, at creating that world you wish to see than to, to own and manipulate the media? Which, uh, I, I, do people really not understand that there are liars and deceivers in the world like that? Or do they struggle to comprehend that it could be happening at that level or that they could not be lied to, to that level? I think you made the point at the beginning of the podcast when you said, oh, it happens in other countries, but we know that it happens there, so it can't be happening here. That yeah, type of mentality. you hear that with uh, right now the big thing is uh, China and TikTok, you know, of, of collecting all your information. And I hear that all the time. And you, it's easy then to just ignore that Google has <laughs> that been collecting all of our companies are yeah. doing the exact same information collecting. It's that it's the other man. Yeah, it, it's that cognitive dissonance. Yeah, it's it's bad over there in that country. So be grateful for what you have over here. Mm-hmm. It's that type of other men. Well, uh, I mean, we've been talking about it, but we should probably uh, discuss just how much of this surrounds us at all times of day. And we were going to do that by going through the life of a of a normie person, of mm-hmm. someone who probably is not even thinking about all of these influences throughout the day, but they are they're prevalent there and they're everywhere. So, do you want to walk through it or? Sure, I can do that. Because what we had, when a person gets up in the morning, like, what is the very first thing that you're going to do? You're going to wake up, you know, look at your phone, 
Now check your social media if you're on social media. And I hop in the shower. You know, listen to your radio or Spotify to whatever music's playing or whatever podcast or news you're listening to. You know, drink your coffee. A lot of people have the TV on by that point or their computer and are streaming through some news, watching the morning news. Then you're driving to work or wherever and you're listening to the radio, which is going to have music or morning programming or a podcast or an audio book. Then when you're at work, you're going to talk to your coworkers, and what are you going to usually talk about? You're going to talk about the television show you watched last night, the movie you saw, mm-hmm. or the sports game that was on last night. And then you're on your computer all day, because most people have a computer at work, and you're going to be distracted with the internet and your social media. And then you're driving home, and the same thing, you're listening to whatever is on your radio. You'll come home. You'll sit down, you'll watch TV, you'll play video games, or you'll sit on your computer, or you'll sit on your phone, or you might read a book. Yeah. And then you fall asleep. And you, a lot of people, we know for a fact, sleep to like fall asleep to the television or radio or music or an audio book, and then you wake up and it's all over the same day. Yeah. and Your uh, whole life is surrounded by media. And for a lot of people, I'm sure not all of that applied but i'm sure we almost every person even us like that hit at least uh, a few things on that list Mm -hmm. of something that you do every single day where you're interacting with that mass media the mass communications and it it creates a it creates that group think it creates that that digital crowd, mm-hmm. like you were saying, of going to the office and it was, oh, what you know, you watched what was on TV last night, you know, that last uh, that last episode of the show, you know, and you're conversing about it. You are you are constantly tied into this. What, yeah. do you, what would you call it? This uh, this this herd mentality. Yeah, it's just this. Uh, I don't know how best to say it. Um but it definitely it strips you of your individuality and of the experiences you'd be having on your own in life, and it it just ties you all into that mental crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't even uh, people have talked about the group think and the crowds and things like that in the in the physical space, but now we're dealing with it on a on like a global on a global stage where people from countries all across the world can are tied into the same drama, tied into the same distraction of what it is which a lot of it is distraction you go to work and then you distract yourself and a lot of the mass media serves as that is that tool to distract yourself it's funny um i noticed it a couple weeks ago for some odd reason because i'm on the computer all day at work but i work from home but as soon as i go on to my internet browser it started listing all these important news articles I don't even want that because I don't follow the news, but I do find myself wanting to read, you know, like Dolly Parton is retiring from the music industry or. Yeah, absolute nonsense nonsense. that you you don't need to know about. And I find it interesting that they always open with celebrity news. I'm like, all the stuff that's going on in the world right now. And you're telling me about Dolly Parton. (laughs) A lot of people would because a lot of people don't want to to be worried about what's actually happening in the world. Which, I mean, I also, I'm coming around to not watching any news, like even of no agenda. Just I, because that's the other thing with with a lot of this is even alternative news does the same goal. Mm -hmm. A lot of them still 
put you right into the to that same thought group, that same uh, idea that's uh, going around at that time. And even uh, just as I said, even the alternative media still serves the I mainstream agree. agenda. Yes. A lot. Of, it's a very lot of hard to find in a very objective news source anymore. Yeah. Because I used to, you know, Tim Pool is a good example. Yeah. He. I kind I used to watch Tim Pool, and it was actually during COVID where I stopped watching him because I realized he was just fear mongering with the co, and it was almost like he was on pace with the mainstream narrative. And I know he tries to be different, but he's really not. If you really listen to what no, he's he, saying, he's regurgitating he's, a lot of the same, same thing. things, and a lot of that can just be seen through numbers. I mean, you know, he, anybody who has the millions and millions of subscribers. You're you're telling them what you're they telling people what they want to hear, which, which is what the mainstream news does all the time is sit mm-hmm. there and tell people what they want to hear. Or tell people what their controllers want them to hear. There's that aspect, too. But you're so you're so ingrained into it from such a young age that what you want to hear is what the controllers <laughs> want you to hear. Like That's how. And again, it's just understanding how influenced we are from such a young age especially younger people like myself of of being in those under those mass communications at all times is you have been affected by this everybody has and a lot of people i think get uncomfortable when they i think a good uh, example of that is music yeah um i you and i both love music i grew up my whole life loving music and I wasn't till recently where I realized just how controlling music truly is. Um, there are artists that are specifically told what to write and how to project themselves out on stage to influence. Let's look at Beyonce. I'm not all into the modern stuff, but she's a good example. She's controlled. Everything about her mm-hmm. is controlled. And um, she is there to... For little girls to idolize, oh, you know, and that's how they control you is through that messaging that this is how you should be. This is what you should aspire to. Actresses and actors, we, we in our culture, we look at them like they're a part of our lives. You know, yeah. some people are so, and that's very disturbing because these people don't know who you are. They don't care who you are. So when one of them dies, why is everybody so, I can't believe we've lost this person. That idolization. And it's kind of sickening. And it wasn't until I actually read a book. I read a lot. So does Jacob. (laughs) But I read a book. It was, uh, I wish I could remember. I think it was Laurel Canyon. I wish I could remember the author right now. But he started, it wasn't a very detailed book and it wasn't, a great book for information, but he did point out that a lot of the sixties music, a lot of these people, artists, Jim Morrison, David Crosby, mm-hmm. they all come from military families. A matter of fact, Jim Morrison's father, if you know anything about the Gulf of Tonkin that started, supposedly started the Vietnam war, his father was instrumental in that. And, um, yeah, what a coincidence. What a he, coincidence. And then a... he, so, you know, it, when you look at just how much the 60s, it, that was all part of the controlled opposition for the 60s, which we'll get into controlled opposition, mm-hmm. was they wanted these people in the music because that's how, that's how, especially teenagers and kids and young adults relate, is through the music. 
And this is an and, example of what we were talking about, where this is where you're trying to go for an escape. This is not where you're trying to seek information, whereas you might be a little more critical about what you're taking in. Mm -hmm. This is arguably the more nefarious part of it, where you're just trying to, to seek out an entertainment channel and you're still being... I mean, listen to your sister's music sometime. Oh, yeah. You know, all it is is about being depressed and how Take your hate pills. the world and this and you don't really realize it until you actually step away and actually listen to what they're saying they're they're think, influencing all these young teenagers and adults i think a lot of people if they uh if they stopped and looked at the words of a lot of the music that they were listening to they sh i mean they might not be but they should be kind of horrified by a lot of it i mean mm -hmm. and that goes into again speaking into reality a lot of these are you're basically doing incantations of of whatever the music is that you're you're singing along to and why is again. most music we listen to about love yeah you know why is there no political music out there well, in why such isn't a, there in societal... such a low form of love you yes. know, it's, yeah it's not even the higher levels of love but no. yeah and no I mean, I listen to some of the uh, the political type of music, but I know most people would find that stuff incredibly cringy, or mm -hmm. I you wouldn't want to listen to it. Or, I mean, what you're told nowadays as an artist is uh, to not have any message in your music because you want to have uh, your music is broadly have as broad of an appeal as possible to as many people as possible because you're trying to quote unquote make it and and sell it to as sell it to as many people as possible, and you strip out a lot of the the art of it, which is the message that you're trying to portray in, in an artistic way. The nice thing about music, though, is that I think out of all the media, I have seen music probably have the most independence. There are a lot of independent artists. There's a lot of artists out there who don't follow the messaging and say what they want to say. And I and there's also other forms of music. Like, I've gotten so I've really enjoyed classical right now. I've been listening to a lot of classical yeah. because there's no... There, there's no messaging coming through with that. You're just listening to music and you're appreciating it for what it truly is. It's definitely nice, uh, especially nowadays. A lot of artists do have a, a channel to uh, to do things on their own. And in the past, it was much more of like, oh, you need this label support mm -hmm. to, to have anything happen for you. But people are definitely able to uh, to work past that uh, much more now. But then again, it comes back to well, if you want that to go really well for you, you know, don't say the things that are that are too out there. Don't say the edgy things, you know, walk the line and do what you know you would need to do to have as big of an appeal as possible. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I, th I think if people really saw who these the more even like I used Dolly Parton before she's controlled. I mean, just. People you wouldn't even th well. I when think? we're talking about controlled musicians, I think of like a Lady Gaga. Well, definitely. The, uh, the have pop. you if you watch her music videos and things like that uh, of all that the satanic crap going on in there with the pyramids and the eyes and the pharaohs and like what is yeah, that? Yeah, pop, pop music is way more in your face. Country music, which is a psyop in of itself, is a lot oh, more yeah. subtle. So <laughs> country music, yeah, yeah. You know, it's. I guess it's pick which again it creates. Uh, I I talk about this a lot. Uh, that creates a person almost where it's like that's your identity. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, you listen to country music and it's like this is who I am. I am nothing else but this. Mm -hmm. And it's not just country music; it's other genres. Hip -hop is another yeah, one. It, it it like you said, you you graph onto your identity of it rather than being the true individual of who you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
you know, music is a music is a powerful one that again, it's one that a lot of people don't think about. And I've been I've gone back to the uh, the old way of having the player and downloading and buying the music. And just doing that, I mean, how many times have you heard, you know, you hear all about censorship, censorship, censorship. How many times have you heard of censored musicians? Because most of the musicians I listen to now are not on Spotify or Apple Music. Some of them, I'm pretty sure, is of their own volition. But I know for a fact some of them were kicked off. So that was interesting to me just because I had I had never heard once of the, the censored musicians. Not not once ever in the news had I heard about that. But you hear about the YouTubers being censored and, and all of that crap. So, well, when I was growing up, I remember in the, it was a big push in the 80s. They wanted to censor lyrics for um, because the, a lot that was during the satanic. A lot of artists were putting satanic stuff in their music or whatever. It was noise. It was just a lot yeah. of noise. But. No, I agree with you on the whole there are so many it the the nice thing about music, like you're a musician, you can perform and you know that you don't have to go through the Spotify channel cuz you want to perform music to perform music, not to become something that to grovel to a large audience, yes. yeah. So No, uh music's a big one. I I'm just looking at the uh, at some of the other forms of mass media that we were talking about um i remember uh reading darren allen's book and uh 33 myths of the system and he was the one who destroyed video games for me mm-hmm. i was never a huge uh gamer but uh he he was just talking about how something like video games they are they're used as a tool to to make you better at the things that the system wants Want you, you to be, be good better. at, mm-hmm. uh, like organizing a bunch of things under stress and, and you know, the, the violence of a lot of it, a lot of the shooters. It, and that that was an unfortunate day for me because even the occasional video game, uh, Darren Allen completely destroyed there, which uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Darren Allen more, but you just have to. We definitely re- recommend, recommend yes. Darren Allen's books, um, especially 33 Myths of the System. It's a very good book. And I just finished Self and Unself, which takes everything to the next level. It's very complicated, (laughs) and I'm not going to explain it, but it's definitely well (laughs) worth the read. So uh, I think that was a a pretty good coverage of manipulation that occurs outside of the information streams, Mm -hmm. Uh, the, the things that really do truly surround us at all times. So uh, how? How are they using this? How are they using the mass media for mind control? Well, you probably should start with the manu. I know you've been reading Manufacturing Consent, which is what Noam Chomsky and... Um, ah, I can't remember the was other. Was it Ed? <laughs> I want to say Ed Herman, but I don't know if that's his name. I think the Herman sounds right. Okay. I don't know about the first one. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. I liked the book. Uh, I only read the first 40 pages or so, which are the par- the, the pages I would recommend reading i think after that he gets very into nitty-gritty uh talking about especially influences over foreign elections and things like that so it's a good book if you don't understand that we live in the evil empire of star wars like that would be a good book to familiarize yourself with just how deceptive a lot of this is and just how how many outright lies are are portrayed all the time but the, the beginning of the book he he goes through what he calls the uh, the five ingredients of our propaganda model. And one thing I really like about it is he 
describes the naturalness of it. He describes how, and I, I think this is an important point because I think a lot of people, as soon as you talk about censorship, they, I imagine they kind of, or maybe like I did in the past, so I kind of think other people would think like this, they they instantly think of that ministry of truth mm-hmm. where everything comes out of the ministry of truth and nothing else is allowed ever. And, and, and that the government is solely the one who's doing all the censorship. Yeah, yeah. That just that top down all the time, straight up government state censorship. And that's the only way that censorship or manipulation and propaganda can occur. So I do like that he highlights that one of the aspects of our system is that it's largely private, which, I mean, we understand how symbiotic the large corporations and the government are. I mean, that's part of the game is the government licensing and, and that, that, uh, working together. Um, but yeah, there's uh, there's five of them here. So the first one he just talks about is kind of what we were talking about earlier, the, the size, concentrated ownership, owner wealth, profit orientation. This is uh, the whole, like what you were saying, there's, there's very few really powerful media companies that, that are out there. And he describes this as creating a private ministry of information and culture. And even you don't even need to own all of the media because if you own and control those top few those are going to heavily influence all the others and this also i don't know if a lot of people know this but with your local news when your local news is talking about any international or national news that is that was not done by them that's being handed from the top down so these big media companies they hand down those large national and international stories uh down to the smaller local channels that you would yeah. you would see on TV and a good example is if you ever watch one of those videos where they show all the local newscast saying the same oh, exact yeah. thing did you, did you figure the... out the name of that we, no we, i still can't uh, remember that. we recommend looking that up on youtube we can't think of the name of it but it's where you have a hundred different news stations all saying the exact same mm-hmm. thing and the uh the crazy part of it is not even that they're all talking about the same thing because that would be you know you say oh well it's the news so they're going to be talking about similar things but it's the part of it where their specific wordage of what they're talking about is identical. Mm-hmm. The scripts that they are all reading off are exactly the same. So that is those are uh, those are good videos to look up on YouTube. Unfortunately, I'm sure there's a a name for it, but uh, I can't I can't recall it right now. But the uh, the other part of this is a lot of these. A lot of these uh, news companies we were just talking about, a lot of their profits are not even coming from that news media itself. They're coming, they're they're owned and controlled by larger corporations who have a very diverse mm-hmm. pr- uh, range of profits from other sectors. It's not, it's not like a classic uh, old newspaper where it's like, okay, we need to make this newspaper and this is how we make money, or we're out of business. It they are owned and controlled by by larger conglomerates that really don't you know they don't care about the profit of of that paper particularly or or the radio station or the television and with that uh concentrated ownership comes the government licensing which as you were saying is when you have a smaller group it's easier to to license and control them and, and keep them in line and when you have that government licensing involved it well one you have that revolving door of 
the regulated and the regulators and they're just constantly spinning in and out and uh, that I'm sure was a large part of the oligarchical is the oligarchical word uh, the um, oligarchy okay. of yeah. of the media that currently exists that a lot of that is done through government licensing which a lot of people expect the government licensing to be oh this is how you solve all problems is have more government involved and the licensing involved but a lot of that is where you create a lot of the issues because a lot of these corporations are large enough to where they lobby and they have that symbiotic relationship with the government so they can they can work with the government regulations but new people trying to enter a market trying to, to do their own thing it's much harder to participate at that point so that was size ownership uh concentrated wealth uh profit orientation all that kind of stuff uh so that was the first filter and that's how he describes these is is the five filters that kind of sift the things out and, and get to the end result which is a controlled narrative and the second one, we, we talked quite a bit about this, but we can talk even more about it because it's a big one. And that's the advertisers being the patrons of the media. And as we talked about earlier, this creates a de facto licensing authority, not only the government licensing, but the uh, the advertiser licensing in terms of who are they going to support. If you're not creating a uh, advertiser friendly program, they're not going to support you. And when advertiser support changes the programming changes they control what programming will be on television which also just before i forget i have to say it at least once in the show television telling you a vision <laughs> you have channels you have programs mm -hmm. and programming i mean it's right in the language that kind of stuff they just mock us with they, they do it all the time this is also where i talked about earlier uh cap client audience profile um, a lot of uh, media companies will have whole departments where their whole job is just to communicate with the advertisers and, and make sure all of their programming is up to snuff and, and good with everything. And again, the uh, the programming uh, changing to advertisers' needs. And uh, they just they don't want anything that is against their interests. And what a lot of advertiser interest is creating that selling mood. So a lot of uh, a lot of the reason that we don't see any serious complexities or disturbing controversies in the, in the news is because that uh, disrupts the the selling mood, the buying mood. They want things light and airy, and if you if you make somebody uncomfortable, they're more likely to switch the channel and, and not have that retention rate. And, and they uh, they want very ad that's what an advertiser friendly content is. They don't want those serious discussions that make people uncomfortable. And again, I guess got to say it: anything you watch that has advertisers is manipulated at some level, whether by the host, whether by the advertiser itself, or by the organization that the host works for. So that was the second one: advertisers. You are the product. They control what programming is on there, and that's that's one of the biggest ones in this, absolutely, is advertisers being the patrons of the media. And so that was number two. The third one is the reliance of the media's information coming from government, large corporations, and the quote-unquote experts, which the uh, the experts are usually sifted through they are the ones who are given the consulting money they're put on the think takes and not only that but the media 
the media itself creates the reliable expert. The expert becomes reliable because he's on the media a lot. So they they're it's very easy for them to choose the the experts that will support what they are what they're looking for. Well, you just watched the media matrix. I thought it was interesting when Corbett pointed out which is a very good documentary to watch, The Media Matrix by the Corbett Report, where he uh, points out at the end of the video how they no longer even hide the government contributing you know, secretly yeah. to the news. They actually put these people on as experts. You know, John Brennan is a perfect example. You know, director, former director of the CIA, mm. and he's what a consultant on what CNN or I don't because know, one that, of them. I mean, that guy knows. You know, he's, he's, he's an the, expert. He's the authority. Yeah, yeah so he's going to he tell us know. the truth. The government is all. A government is truth. Yeah, and uh, another another thing he talks about is the large uh, the large corporate bureaucracies are going to be the only thing that can really sustain the news bureaucracies in terms of giving because they need that steady supply of we need news every single day so we're going to go to the sources that are providing us news every single day he also talks about how a lot of these uh corporations that want a lot of press they create things in a very press a friendly form so like when you're the news you don't have to do much work you just show up to the white house and you sit in that room and you point the camera and you're good to go it's all set up it's all it's very friendly to the news to come in and it makes their job easier and when you have a routine client like that over and over and over again obviously you get the privileges and and again this is this is a very low level look at things i mean obviously we're going to spend a lot of time talking about higher level things of we don't even consider the news as trying to inform people at all. This is a tool of control and manipulation. But it's interesting to read a book like this that is talking about lower forms of the actual organization of media and the economics behind media and how it still lines up with what we're going to be talking a lot about, which is this is a tool of powerful people to control you and lie to you and manipulate you. So it's interesting that it lines up like that, that there's a lot of similarities. And uh, I think that's about it for that one. Uh just again, it it's no surprise you know, the other reliable. He had a he had a funny one. Um, the ex radical sees the light. You know, you you pro, you bring on the the old communist or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. like they they've seen the light and they repent for their ways, and, and they bring on that that ex radical to uh to spouse the current idea they're trying to push. So I thought that one was funny. Uh, so that was number three was just where the information comes from, the uh, the trusting of the authorities. You know, well, it's his job to know, so he should know. So I'm not going to do any effort to check on that because he knows because that's mm-hmm. what his job is to know. Uh, so that was number three. And then four, flack. I don't need to spend much time on this one. I think it's pretty obvious. This can come from corporations or from government. It's what you do when you don't play ball. If you say something that's a little unfriendly, uh, a little against the corporate or government narrative, you're going to get some flack from that. And and that's done through all sorts of channels, through the government licensing, through the advertiser support. Anything can be pulled out. Anything can be uh, controlled or manipulated because those are the suppliers, not only the suppliers of the, the advertising money, but the suppliers of the information that they're using for their news every single day. So you're going to uh, play ball with your suppliers. You're not going to try to annoy them and and push them away like that. Uh, so that's a pretty easy one, the use of flack. And then lastly, number five, he calls it anti-communism. Obviously, 
this is just any other. It is the the that group to be feared. What's the current one right now? It's the uh, the unvaccinated, the people who don't wear masks. Russia, Russia <laughs> China. China. It is that other, and that other is used to create a, a a national religion for control, as he says it. So I thought that was a really good one as well because they're constantly doing that. They're constantly creating that that other group to fear and. That was his uh that that was his five ingredients there and I do think it was a I think it's a very good uh accurate list of how you can have a very not even fully controlled media system that through these filtering mechanisms you then you still get the result that you desire and the benefit of doing it that way over just having a straight up government system of censorship is people believe it. It's much easier uh, to take it as a, a reliable source of information. It's it just seen as much more credible. Um, the other thing I want to point out is you were talking about the fear mongering. I think we should point out that um, for authority to happen, for people to obey and comply with authority, which are the same words, um, you have to have an element of fear. You always have to have that enemy, which is why one of the reasons why we listed for the media, because as long as you have that enemy, you people are afraid. And as long as you keep them afraid and we can go into the whole, I don't know how deep you want to go into it today, the whole right brain versus left brain, but a major way for the authorities and the government and whoever, whoever's in charge to control is through fear and violence. Yeah. And, um, we, we had discussed how like COVID is a perfect example of fear. Yes. COVID can be deadly, but it's not, it's not what we were hyped up. It was not the epidemic that they claimed it to be. Everything was skewed. We don't actually have any, solid hardcore inform- which is the obfuscation part of it yeah um because you hear people made up numbers we don't have actual numbers people were you know people who died of a heart attack also died of covid well let's I just mean, say it if you did not have mass media you would not have even known that anything it, had happened exactly that's that's what we're saying is that's a perfect example of creating that fear creating creating that group event going on at that time the psyop i guess would be a good name it, for uh, it, it was a psyop it's definitely a psyop but um so you have to have that element of fear but um we also pointed out that it also creates the the dialectic the division in people yeah. you know, well we, we have a good list here yes we do left right capitalist communist white black christian muslim old young rich poor educated non-educated you're just constantly dividing. You're constantly separating. And this all goes back to identity as well of, of a lot of people put themselves and identify themselves with one of those things. Yeah. And You it, say, oh, I'm a Democrat. You yeah. are, The other person automatically gets in their head. Oh, well, then this person believes this, 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 this is what and you this. Believe. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you, people do that a lot of filling in the blank of what another person is without even conversing with them and just automatically filling all of that in based upon like 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 demo, like a trigger word like that and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you have all of these thoughts about what's in your what's in your head uh yeah so uh the and that was i mean i think we've talked about it a little bit but the the self-censorship where a lot of people in today's world are so inculcated with all of this stuff that 
they'll censor themselves and and not even like actively censor themselves as in they're trying to make an advertising friendly media. But it's just that's what they have been told and taught throughout their whole life. And they're going to keep regurgitating that those same ideas and they're not going to try to change any of that. But you're totally right with the fear because that that just drives you into that reptilian brain. It keeps you not from thinking. And when you're afraid, you... you uh, and of course, what do you do when you're afraid? You turn to the news sources because they're supposed figure, to be yeah. providing all the information that you need, which only makes it worse. But Yeah. And they'll uh, they'll obfuscate everything, make it really complex. We you know let us figure it out. You can't possibly know. The only the authorities can know. Don't bother looking into it for yourself. All of that kind of nonsense, which I found interesting because I know when the COVID started, I learned a lot, a lot about viruses in the first couple months because <laughs> knowing what I know, how the government runs, I knew COVID was a psyop from the beginning. And the funny thing is, no matter how much I read, most people would not listen to anything I had to say because I'm not a doctor. I don't have a medical degree. All I did was read some stuff. So how could I possibly know what I was talking about? Yeah, you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist. And I think that's part of the problem is a lot of people don't want to be labeled a conspiracy theorist. They don't want to think differently because then people won't accept them or Yeah, they're afraid of that itself. Anyways... Yeah, absolutely. And that is why we're starting with an episode like this, because if you understood what we are talking about today, you would look at something like COVID and say, well, what's new? Mm -hmm. The media is trying to scare me, rile me up, lie to me and manipulate me and get me to act, act in all these different ways from what I'm used to. You would if that is. Yes, let's put a mask on and that should make it all go away. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a deadly pandemic going around, but I can still go shopping as yes. long as I can. I go the through the Taco on. Bell drive through, yeah, yeah. but I can't go to my the local essentials. small rest. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. absolutely. Uh, just the, the craziness going on in somebody's head there. It, but that's what the media does is it makes you afraid and you stop critically thinking when you're, when you're uh, well, terrified yeah, like look, that. Uh, well, whatever. Um, what was the other thing we were. Oh, repetition was another one. Yeah, we talked a little about that. You just speak in the, you speak you speak into the existence. Truth, yes. Yeah, you just regurgitate. Nine eleven is the perfect example. It's my favorite. I will go to nine eleven a lot because I've done a lot of nine eleven research. But um, that everybody believes to this day it was nineteen Arab. They don't even know Muslim terrorist who took down two twin towers. That's the yep. story. <laughs> free falling <laughs> like, towers. Free falling towers that came down Almost from no airplanes. Left. And, find the passports in the rubble. And when you look into history, that's what it says. That's what all the histories say. Yeah. Well, and I was going to uh, bring up also that with something like 9-11, how did 9-11 happen in its form without mass media? How could it have? Because mm-hmm. that was how people were. People were watching it on television and watched the, the towers fall. So, I mean, if you didn't have that that mass form of communication there, how would you have been able to get that emotion into people like that. Actually, I think it's interesting because um, the Vietnam War was actually one of the... If Most people don't realize the Vietnam War was one of the last televised wars we had on television. And the reason for that is because it kind of backfired because people were watching the Vietnam War on their TVs every night and they did not, for the first time, they realized how violent war was because it was actually the first televised war too not only was it the first but it was the last but seeing what war really was about 
and see and that maybe people, we should think yeah, twice about maybe, it. Maybe we shouldn't be going to war. And that, you know, that actually preempted a lot of the war protest but then the government you know the intelligence agencies co-opted all them and had to control that but that's what fundamentally started a lot of the grassroots protest is they saw what was going on and they're like no war is bad we don't don't see any of that and now we don't see any televised wars no it's just as uh, when's the last time you saw anything we're still at war in yemen well it's a proxy war but we're still in syria ukraine well actually i haven't watched any footage on the ukraine war because i know it's all bullshit but well i mean we've technically been at war my entire life yep i've never not been engaging somebody bombing somebody it's just as how uh uh i wasn't uh didn't trump make it so that they don't even report on the bombing runs that they do anymore with the drones at least with obama we saw how many people (laughs) were being bombed but now we don't even get to see that anymore uh but that just i mean that's all classification and national security i mean that's the root of a lot of uh evil evil crap there that uh oh we can't speak about this because it's uh for your own security national security which uh i guess we might as well say that anytime someone is telling you hey give up your human rights for for security that uh they're selling you false goods there i wish i could remember there's a quote by benjamin franklin where he says if you give up your liberty for security, you lose both. It's it, yeah, that's yeah. paraphrasing it. I know, but... Yeah, that's a good quote. No. But nine so. eleven is a that's a great example of using mass media to to distill that fear. They to control a, the narrative. Yeah, totally, one hundred percent on that one. To a broad audience. And if you say any, even to this day, you say anything to anybody, people automatically oh. They just shut down. You know, they nine eleven happened. Move on. You know, it's they can't even discuss it for what it truly. And what did that report say? Was oh, we were uh, sorry. We were just completely incompetent. Give us more money. Yeah, you that know, was exactly. Give up, you give up your rights. Our bad. Nine <laughs> eleven commission. Yeah. Oh, it was the CIA and the FBI. They just couldn't communicate. Yeah, we were just they're... too incompetent. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, yes, yeah. That's, we need more money. <laughs> that's believable. Absolutely. And then I think another along those uh, we wanted to bring up Project Mockingbird. Oh yes, yes. Um, okay. If I suggest anybody to read, I've read it a couple times. It uh, you can find it. I know on Scribed. I have not read the. Uh, it's just the a. Paper. It's just a paper. It's a unclass or declassified document. It's um. Oh, I can't remember if it was the fifties or the sixties. But it's an actual document that the CIA actually funded news media, personalities in the news media, gave them money directly (laughs) to push narratives and to basically control. And that, that, I want to say it was the 60s. It was uh, the the 50s, I think. Oh, was it the 50s? Okay. It was under uh, Frank Wisner, Director of Espionage and Counterintelligence. Okay. He, uh... I've I've read that it it was I mean it started with our media uh, of doing the yellow journalism writing uh, articles things like that yeah, well, yellow but, journalism that was the eighteen nineties that was the whole Spanish American War isn't that's that applicable what a lot of, to anything though it's well, propaganda it is. <laughs> it is all propaganda but the 
They taught me about it in it. school. Yellow journalism, but it doesn't exist now. Like well, that's, media, I think that's media the funny part. Now. Yeah, it, uh, Project My. Oh, that was back in the fifties. So they're not doing that anymore. It's been declassified. <laughs> yeah. and it never like, officially ended. And why would oh, they end it? What? It's uh, probably only gotten worse. You know, that's like um, MK Ultra is another good example. Well, that was back in the sixties. That's all been opened and exposed. Yeah, no, it's still <laughs> going on as we speak. I don't to say that you know anything that's happening in these black box organizations exactly that, that are not only getting the government funding but their own private funding from running drugs and doing their own sorts of businesses where we have no idea what is happening in these organizations and but there's no oversight of any but kind. they care about us yes, right like they, they taking, care about us they're and protecting us for our national security yeah. um one quote i uh found and i've seen this quite a bit and i just like this quote uh, by uh, William J. Casey, uh, old director of the CIA, yeah. and that was, we'll know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American public believes is false. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's what the director of the CIA is saying, so <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, Project Mockingbird, you should look into it, 1950s. It's not a hard document to read. No, it's only it, like a couple pages. Um, and a lot of this was in the the church committee, which I got the year 1975. Yeah. I think it was 75 to 76, where one of the CIA guys says in out in the open there that yes, they were funding and paying journalists. Well, I believe I think I believe it was uh, the first George Bush who was actually director of the CIA when the yes. church committee was going on. Who you know, of course, later became president, but nothing to see there. <laughs> so. Isn't there a George Bush uh, in t Central Intelligence uh, building? I don't know. I saw a plaque in the no. documentary I was just watching. I found that was thought that was interesting. Uh, but no, uh, MK Ultra, Project Monarch. These are all important things to look into. Uh, we can also talk about uh, Project Paperclip, where not only a few hundred, we're talking a few thousand Nazi scientists were brought over. Not just scientists. They were actual generals. Oh, they were outside they of were, just scientists. Uh, yes, there were it it goes deep. And not only did they the people themselves come, but a lot of their their work, which was mm -hmm. <laughs> on human experiments. And our and I don't even like saying our government. I don't vote for anybody. But they a lot of their work came along with them and you think what, the United States government just didn't do yes. anything with that, that yes. that didn't lead into MKUltra? Yeah, because they heavily influenced NASA. Yeah. Um, they, it goes deep. It goes pretty deep. Actually, the one book I started reading, the uh, Springmeyer there, Franz Springmeyer, uh, the How to Make a Controlled... Undetectable Mind Control. control. Slave, yeah. he, just, he says, that I don't know if it's true or not, but he says Mangala actually came over from Project uh, Project Paperclip and came over and he was doing, helping them with the experiments to make the mind-controlled children, mm. which I don't... I, that's the only... That's the first time I've ever read that, so I don't know how true that is, but... That wouldn't surprise it me. It wouldn't surprise me either. I wasn't shocked. And if anybody understood, like, not only did the U.S. government support the Nazis coming over here, the Vatican was heavily influenced in that. A lot of... No, the the Nazis never died. The, the Nazis no. were never defeated. They no. dispersed. They dispersed. Like a lot of uh, different occult things do. They, they're little organizations that then expand out over time. 
But those are all those three things right there: MK Ultra, Project Monarch, Project Paperclip. Those are all. Those are just a declassified project. Yeah, that's <laughs> but that's why we're talking about them. This this is not a theory. This is documented conspiracies. Conspiracies meaning people working together, breathing together with a goal in mind. These happened, and to say that they're not still happening, you know, we have no idea. I'm absolutely sure a lot of these things are still happening in very similar ways. And, and we won't know about them until 50 years no, down the road when those are declassified. It'll be declassified, so, yeah. Whatever. Ugh, being classified. Well, yes. I, I thought we lived in a democracy. Why do we have to keep secrets from us? I, I know. I know. <laughs> but anyways. But we're talking about, you know, how they use uh, the mass media for control, which... A lot of it comes down to the colors and the symbols you're seeing. Go look at what the predominant color of your news network is. It's most likely going to be blue, uh, which helps uh, influence that that right brain. Just put you into the, even more into that hypnotic state. Just sit there and take it in. Take it in as truth. Don't question it. Um, and I need to do more research on it. But the symbols themselves, the when you when you start researching symbols, you you these archetypal symbols have very uh, strong influences on our psychology. There's a, a lot of uh, corporate logo logos mm-hmm. really heavily use this uh, these type of symbols. Well, even you were the one who had mentioned the story to me about the Oreos. When Oreos first were invented, they didn't sell very well. Oh yeah, and then they changed the packaging to the blue. I, I think it was green, green, green yeah. You, you know, just subtle, Little just a change. You just change the color of, sudden, of the packaging. Yeah, everybody loves Oreos. And I, you know, I uh, being a cleaner, I'm throwing out constant trash from people all the time, and, and looking at all the boxes and the color, you know, food boxes and the colors and the the logos and. You know, this this bright appealing box that they're in and then, you know, there's nothing but sewage in it. Just this terrible chemical concoction for you. Um, Well, we're just uh, we're running down the list here. We have uh, that that virtue signaling, the uh, the gaslighting and misinformation, like you were saying earlier of like, uh, well, who are you to know? You know, just reading some stuff. You're not the authority like, you know just uh you must be wrong like you know clearly the authority is always right it's not even being right or wrong just to be able to acknowledge that maybe to think about it maybe what they're saying isn't correct to quest- or to at question. least question yeah. yeah um yes uh there's cognitive dissonance which i i gotta tell my story about the gun show because i love this one so back <laughs> I don't know, a couple months ago my niece and i went to our first gun show in buffalo and I had never been there. And you know all about how the left feels about guns. I actually have no opinion about guns either way. I think if you want to own a gun, it's your right. Well, it you it's can own a gun. Right, your human yeah. right to own a gun, to defend yourself. So going to this gun show, it was like seeing a totally different culture. And these are all people that support the military and the police and the Republican government. And all you're thinking to yourself is these are the people who are actively (laughs) trying to control you and take away your guns. They are who's going to come knock on your door and and take take your guns guns away. away. And here you all are supporting them. I no the cognitive dissonance. That that was crazy. I that was because I don't know what they're thinking. Like 
because a lot of them would discuss, you know, being fearful of their gun rights being taken away. But who do they think are taking? <laughs> Who's it, coming? It's to them damn house? anarchists taking your gun <laughs> rights away. Like they care. No, it's it's the government coming to take your. I mean, we live in the state of New York, and there's just a, a semi-automatic uh, rifle permit you now need. Like the uh, the continual erosion of those of those human rights. And, and yeah, yeah. I, and the one guy who sold your your cousin the bullets actually said, "Well, if we all voted, this wouldn't happen." And I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, <laughs> I think you're wrong." But uh, it was like the the guy at the farmers market, yeah, where I just mentioned yeah. I like it. Uh, stop voting for vegetables or something his shirt said and uh i just said i liked it and he just all of a sudden becomes like an automaton robot just just yelling at me like you need to vote you need to vote you need to vote you need to vote vote for your master vote for the right master it's it's nonsense um and again it you control the information that someone is surrounded by the information they take in that controls or heavily affects the worldview that they develop. And then out of that worldview, that's how they operate. Those are the actions that they will take in the world. And people will still have their their subtle bits of individuality. But when you go talk to most people, I mean, like how many people support government? Almost every, like that's not a, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, they'll have their little bits of individuality, but the actual important things that the controllers of the world want you to believe and take in as truth, they're going to be there. They're going to be present. And that comes from controlling the information. You control the worldview that someone develops, and then you control the actions they take in the world, which is we're calling this uh, mass media, mass mind control, because that is the point of mind control is you then you control the mind you and you will control the body of the of the, 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 the mind operates. It's pretty simple like that. Do you wanted to talk about uh, a few examples? I mean, we've we've hit we've a, covered a lot. We've hit um, a lot of them. I mean, the only ones that stand out we haven't mentioned are like the Iraqi weapons of mass destruction, where we actually had high government officials advocate we go to war to Iraq, take over a country, on the premise that they may or may not have. Well. They all stated, oh, they must have weapons of mass destruction. Well, we went in, destroyed the country, and guess what? There were no mass weapons or uh, mass weapon. You know what I'm trying to say. Operation Iraqi Liberation Oil. There were no weapons. Um, Another thing we wanted to point out is that one of the things I've been going down lately are the cure for cancer and other diseases. How our pharmaceutical companies continually tell us the FDA is great for this. Um, COVID was a great example. Ivermectin is a known therapeutic for COVID, but we couldn't use it because it you don't make money off of it, and you can't you don't want to actually cure people. You don't want to help people. You just want to make money or keep spreading the fear around and. Yeah, Continue. especially uh, natural remedies, because according to the FDA, the only thing that can be used as a treatment is a pharmaceutical drug. Exactly. If it's not a pharmaceutical drug, it can't be. Because can't be used. Uh, there is a uh, cancer's a good one. There are actually cures for cancer. They are known. Well, it's just why? Uh, why is it illegal to treat somebody with with vitamins? Vitamins or food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, by changing your diets or giving you the vitamins that you need. Uh, 
Max Gerson was the perfect example. He cured several forms of cancer, and the FDA shut him down. And you can still go visit his clinics, but you have to go to Mexico. Yeah, you, you hear things about the uh, the organite guy who would put people in uh, fiberglass yeah, and metal uh, boxes. Oh, what was his name? Yeah, it's, I can't, it's slipping yes. my mind, too. But no, you hear about it all the time, and there's a reason that it hasn't been it hasn't been treated or cured because it's less money. Which will, I mean, we can we're gonna have yeah, a, we'll have to do a whole podcast. <laughs> there's gonna be on a pharmaceutical because... uh, podcast for sure. Um, but that is a particularly nefarious one. I mean, still the the thing everybody's being treated with is radiation. Like, yes, that's which destroys your body, your body. And, and destroy yes, your body, body along with the cells. And yeah, every that, person we know who's had cancer and has gone down that route yeah, is very sick. Yeah. Is has never fully recovered, but. Oh, it's terrible. And then, um, there's just the other, you know, the Kennedy assassination, which they've just recently revealed through documents that the CIA, CIA killed Kennedy. Well, everybody kind of all knew that, but <laughs> a little too late there. Um, mass shootings is a good one. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about, and there have been a lot of mass shootings. We're not going to dispute that they don't happen. But I don't think people look at the underlying reasons. All they say is, oh, these people, bad people got a gun and they went in and killed. And well, that's it, not it's the also reason. the the wrapping that they're put in by the media. They're they're put in that neat little bow of because the only the, the media doesn't give a crap about these people who have died. Yeah, no, All they exactly. care about is like, oh, we have some dead people. We can use that. Like this is this is good for we need for to take guns away or we yeah, need to... absolutely. Yeah. We're not going to talk about the SSRIs or any of that. We're we're going to talk about we got to get the guns away. Mm-hmm. It, it's nothing to do with the person or the craziness that could be going on with the intelligence agencies and these people because we know how a lot of these agencies work where. They do not stop crime. They'll actually encourage, <laughs> incentivize. Yeah. They'll they'll find people who are a little off their rocker on the internet mm-hmm. and actually lead them further. Here, do you want to go yeah. shoot up some people? I'll provide you with the gun. <laughs> Here's the or, gun for yeah. it. Yeah, crazy stuff like that. Well, you don't want to talk about the moon landing. <laughs> the moon landing. Yeah. Well, everybody knows the moon landing was staged. Whether or not we've actually been to the moon is disputable. It, I, it wasn't the video that we saw. Yes. We could have been there, we but could have it, been wasn't, there. it wasn't. Whatever technologies they used was not. Just just go watch. <laughs> What's the name? Uh, uh, well, there's something. That. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon is one good That's one to one introduce like, one. Uh, but, yeah, the I one can't you... remember. Well, I can't even remember the director's name. Uh, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Yeah. Uh, I can't. We'll have to. We'll talk about that in the future. That was a good documentary. We had fluoride and aspartame on here. Yes, if you are, if you use fluoride, stop. Yeah, <laughs> or aspartame, stop. It's in your toothpaste. It's in your toothpaste. It's in your water. Unfortunately, uh, fluoride is known to uh, hamper the f- effects of your pituitary gland, and it also hinders your thinking processes. The the Nazis used it on the Jews, didn't they? They poisoned their water supply. They helped it, it caused the uh, it suppressed them. You know, makes you a little less... Uh, makes you more docile. Yeah, more docile, more compliant. And aspartame is a neurotoxin that actually will destroy your nervous system. An aluminum byproduct. It yeah. is, yeah. So is fluoride. Yeah. Fluoride is aluminum byproduct. Well, let's put it in everything. It, it tastes sweet, so you know, let's put it in all the soft drinks. Well, we and... can go down that whole sugar rabbit hole, too, <laughs> because the... The only reason why sugar is as prominent as it was in the 40s, 50s, and 60s is because of the sugar lobby. Yeah. And then when they realized it was 
bad for you in large quantities, they decided to create sweeteners, which are just chemicals that are just as bad for you. So instead of eliminating sweet sugar stuff out of your diet totally, let's just... Yeah, it's crazy. And and like fluoride, it's, oh, fluoride might be uh, decent for cleaning your teeth, so let's put it in your water, water supply yeah. and drink large, <laughs> like uh, unregulated quantities of it because you have no idea how much you're actually taking in. And we're we're putting these here because these are absolutely crazy things that are happening. And the reason a lot of them, most people would look at you like you're crazy if you brought these up are because media stories that cover for these things and promote them and deny any uh, anybody uh, questioning why the hell there's fluoride in our water mm-hmm. supplies. Uh, don't question that. But uh, that was that was a good little list of. Uh, a couple examples we could go on and on and on that's what most of the uh the rest of the manufacturing consent book was about was going into detail um the media is also heavily involved when we like to go take over countries and mm-hmm. put in new leaders and uh, oh yes they definitely that's been going on forever look at ukraine right now yeah making russia the bad guy ukraine has been a corrupt country forever they actually have what we call the OG Nazis that Black run the sun. country. Yes, that Black actually come from the Nazis. original Nazis, German Nazis. And yeah, oh yes, let's go support Ukraine. Okay, you know, it's been a money laundering. There's been human trafficking going through Ukraine for decades. Yeah, especially with the Bushes and the Clinton. Yes, like when you, Obama, yeah, Biden. Uh, you know. When you look into the ties to Ukraine from all of those people, before mm-hmm. any of this Ukraine stuff was going on, it, it gets really interesting. Mm-hmm. Go watch some documentaries from a couple years ago, and Ukraine is brought up a lot, and it would uh, put into perspective... And then all of a sudden, we have to go and protect Ukraine, Ukraine. And it's because there was, the, I I believe the only reason why we're in Ukraine is because they have to pull it, protect a lot of the political interests. There's a lot of economic and political ties to the U.S. and the Ukraine. Yeah. And that's the only reason why we're there. And that's It has a, nothing to do with protecting the Ukrainian people or oh, no. against Russia or any of that. Because a lot of the co- areas that Rush, if you know anything about Russian history... The Crimea and the Donbass and the others, I can't remember, it starts with L. Those were already predominantly Russian territories to begin with. And a lot of people in those areas wanted to remain with Russia. But then you get into all the political boundaries and all that bullcrap. And that's how all that starts. But, yeah, there's no reason it's for us a, to be there. It's just a perfect example of the influence of mass media. Uh, go around and... You see all the bumper stickers yes. and the window I signs. I stand with Ukraine. <laughs> a blue and yellow flag. You know, just, just, just not. It's virtue. It, mm-hmm. It's virtue signaling. You don't give a crap about those people in Ukraine. You don't even know what you're what you're saying. It's just you watch the the morning and nightly news, and you're putting a bumper sticker on your car, and you and, feel better. <laughs> and you feel better. You think you're informed. You think you know what's happening yeah. in the world, and that's a sad state of being. I'll never forget when uh, the first, when the Ukraine thing started, your sister and I went to go get your grandmother flowers for her 75th birthday. And we're in the florist shop and we're waiting for them to make up our bouquet. And a guy came in and I remember him, the lady asking, what do you, what do you need flowers for? He goes, well, my physical therapist is from Ukraine and I wanted to give her flowers. (laughs) I thought, Oh my God. What? (laughs) Okay. That's a funny story. So that is that is how powerful mass media 
is. It, it, it's mind control. We're going to say it for what it is. We're not going to beat around the bush with that. It is mind control. Absolutely. So we're, we're talking about about how a lot of this is done, examples of, of the lies, of, of things that they, they've pushed upon us. But, you know, why? Why is all of this happening? Why are we, other than, you know, uh, a small group of people trying to rule and dominate the planet, why are, are these things happening to us? Control. <laughs> it's all about yeah, control. Yeah. <laughs> it's really that simple. We'll, we'll but... talk about that a lot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've talked, you know, we've talked quite a bit about the the striking at the the lowest level of the trivium, the information part, um, which will control how you how you feel, think, act, and emote. Um, this is uh, the matrix. This of what we live in. Uh, this I liked uh, Corbett in the the media matrix was talking just about that of how uh, we are quickly approaching a reality in which your personal experiences are are going to get less and less and it's going to be more and more of uh he had some fancy word to describe it but simulated you're you are going humanism you're going to be more and more living in a in a simulated experience uh, env- uh an environment that is completely fake like that and that is what mass media accomplishes is it creates that that group crowd and pulls you in and reduces your individuality and creates the matrix, creates that thing that we're all tied to at, at all times, and a lot of us don't even see that it's there, don't even question it. And that's that's the, the moderation of your reality and your experiences, controlling uh, what you think and feel, which, as we've said, is to keep you in a state of fear, reduce your critical thinking, because when you're, when you're in that stressed-out state, you know, which people are... In our modern day world, people We're are in that state, out. and yeah. all that's the yeah. scarcity, economics, and, and constantly be afraid yeah. and and worry about just just worry about everything because as long as you're worrying about something, you're never going to stop and and take your time to build something and to work towards a a better thing. You're going to be in a constant lower uh, level of consciousness of just go go go, being worried for your for your survival as you feel like it is. and So they make it easy because you're already in that frame of mind. Yeah. So ab- let's yeah. just throw this all at you and it'll just It's even you. easier. Yeah, absolutely. Because all of life pushes us into that, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about in, in future shows, and then the mass media just tops it off. Um, so, yeah, you know, reducing that, that critical thinking, which uh, we've talked about, the fear of the other, uh which also uh, that develops the uh, the the selfish attitude of looking solely for yourself. Is mm-hmm. I am connected from all other. I'm disconnected from all other human beings. I need to look out for myself. This goes into a lot of the uh, the business mindsets of I need to extract out of you as much value as I can get while giving you as little value in return. That's what all business is, mm-hmm. and and that that I. Uh, that idea of constant uh, competition, competition, competition is best. And I think that's a uh, complete bullcrap. It's competition under cooperation. The, and again, just as we've talked about, of, of sowing the divides between people, of constantly creating little micro identities and causing you to forget what you really are. Well, and they also, a media has done a very good job of destroying the family. Yeah. And the family unit is a very strong unit. Should be should be the strongest unit in your life, 
but we, you know, watch TV programs where parents are always separated or children are going off to college and, you know, this is all done intentionally. The the whole, well, we can go into the college thing, but anyways, no, and, they uh, don't want your family unit together because as a family unit, you're stronger than if you are apart. And yeah, you have that support from people who love and care about you. And we're very fortunate to have that. And we've actively worked to maintain that. Whereas a lot of people, uh, if you were going towards it with the college thing, you know, you're you're told in college, get away from your parents, yeah, like, as soon run as away. You're 18, like, yeah, you well, need the to whole get out school of the house. Thing, you when you're four leave. or five, oh, we're going to send you to this institution, and they'll take care of you for eight hours a day. You know, and it's a whole thing. But media plays a big role in that because, you know, the programming you watch, the movies you watch. Disney is a good example. Mm-hmm. How many Disney cartoons do are both parents alive? There's always a dead parent yeah. <laughs> in a Disney movie. Usually, you know? usually the dead mother. I, usually the mother is dead. Yeah, yeah dead it's mother. almost always the mother. Yeah, it's things Which, like uh, that. I mean, with with stories like that, you're inflicting trauma upon it, exactly. a kid at, at an extremely young age. I mean, with that within that first three years of age, you know, if you can really traumatize that kid, he's going to be he or she's going to be really primed for the control which you're you're building up mm-hmm. through the rest of your life. And you're right, the media it uh it creates like set points in your life of where you should be, what you should be doing. Um, I remember in school, it felt like it was a very, it was a very specific time where everyone was getting divorced. Mm-hmm. It, and maybe that was just the age of us as kids, you know, they were fi- like understand, but it was like all, it was, it was like all these divorces were actively happening at once. So I, you were just, it made me think, you know, with stuff like that, you have to wonder like, is it dependent upon things that are happening at that time? Yeah. Uh, externally, you, you got to wonder. And, We've talked about, uh, you know, thinking that you're informed. That's the thing with a lot of people who wake up, turn the news on in the morning, go to, you know, go home, turn the news <laughs> but on. But I night. watch the news. I know I'm exactly informed. what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. That, that, and in reality, you've done no effort there. You've done no effort to, to actually seek out information, to actually uh, exert the trivium in reality. You, you've done none of that. You've, you've sat in front of the television, which requires no skill, and you've sat there and been lied to for how long is a news segment? An hour? I, I don't Half even know. Half hour. Yeah, I think, I, yeah, I'm not even sure. But it it creates people who think they're informed. But then you also have the thing with kids my age is you have them running around saying, well, I consume none of it and I'm ignorant and I'm proud of that and I'm better for that. And and that's a whole other, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's the exact opposite where you don't want to engage at all in reality. You just want to sit in that selfish uh, type of mindset where you're going to reject all of it. And if I reject all of it and if I pretend none of it's there, none of these it'll scary monsters away. are there. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll all, all go, go away. away. I don't have to worry about it. I have the government take care of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, trust the government. Yes, trust the government. And um, we, we've been talking about what is essentially the creation of the culture, of the culture that, that you Which exist Which has in. it right in the word, yeah. cult. Cult, the culture. the culture. I like the, the culture of a Petri dish. Mm-hmm. Great coincidences with the words. You know, just awesome uh, that that the word we uh, we use to describe that would have cult and then the culture of a Petri dish in it. And... And cultures use as another tool for division. Oh, uh, definitely. You know, you don't and self censorship. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you're not going to go against your cultural norms. This is the way we are. This, this is, is the way we it, are. This is the way it'll be. And I like the uh, 
the David Icke story of his wife. I think uh, he he just says his wife uh, cuts off the uh, the edges of a turkey roast. And he asks her why she's doing that. And she's like, I don't know. My mother did it. And then they go ask the mother. And she's just like, well, my mother did it. And then they go ask the grandma. <laughs> and the grandma says, well, my pan wasn't big enough. Mm-hmm. And so just because that pan wasn't big enough and you're, you you're, you watched your mother do it, you're just going to do that over and over and over again without even asking, you know, why am I cutting off uh, a bunch of this meat and, and it's wasting it? It's just the way it was always yeah, done. It's just, yeah, it's how it's always been. It's how it always will be. And... Uh, to to get support for the government and its uh its policies. I mean, what other reason is there for a lot yeah, of what we've been it, describing? It is not human nature to go to war. That is a oh, total yeah. government authority. Actually, it's more of authority creation. And if you know people, and it's so easy with the media to disassociate because oh, it's over there. Mm-hmm. You know, they show us a couple flicks here and there. Oh, look, they bombed this nursery or whatever. So, oh, Russia's bad. You know, it's that without actually knowing what happened. Because all you're seeing when you watch, especially, I know your generation doesn't watch the news so much, but we all grew up on the news. And all news shows is like a, what, 30-second clip, maybe a minute clip, and that's all the information Mm -hmm. you get. And that is not a lot of information. That doesn't tell you anything. I I don't know. No, it could be completely taken out of context. I mean, I remember I remember when I was 17, I was watching, I used to love Peter Jennings on the ABC News. And I remember watching it one night, and when I was watching it, it dawned on me, like, they're only telling me what they want to tell me. They are not giving me the full story. And it was from then I really kind of, my... Because they want you to like that show. They yes, want you to keep listening. They want you to like it, but Don't, I don't question know. it. Well, and that's the, as you were saying, you know, human beings don't want to be at war, but why are we always at, it's the, it's the upside down world. Why is, uh, everything where, uh, why is everything that we're saying the opposite of what we actually desire? Let's go ahead and sneeze. Oh, I keep cheering. Okay. Okay. We had a sneeze. We're oh, all good. All right. But uh, well, we were—I was just talking about the uh, the upside down world of why is everything the opposite of what we say we want? We say we want peace, that there's nothing but mm-hmm. war. We say we want people to to be supported and to have places to live and and to not be in a state of survival. Yet that is all that there seems to be in the world. Yeah, I I told you about the book I was reading, the secret history of the world. I can't remember her name. She wrote it. But she made a very good point in the book. She said, if the world really functioned without any influence, all the experiences in your life would be 50-50. Half good, half bad. Mm -hmm. Because that's how the world works. There wouldn't be, oh, the world is a horrible place and there's just murder and chaos and bloodshed and people starving to death. It that That's not natural. Yeah, It's not a natural form for uh... us to be in. That's one of the first things that uh, I don't know. I can't remember his name either, but the none dare call it conspiracy book. I, I had just started it, and that's one of the first things he says is if we weren't in a world that is controlled, things, you know, even idiots get things right half, uh, half some of the time, of the time yeah. half the time, 40%. Like they, things will just happen by coincidence to work out for the better. 
but that's that's not what we see, especially on, on the media. Is is things are always bad. Things it's are always, always bad, fearful. Yeah. It, there there is no good story to come out of. Well, that. they throw in the human interest story at the end of your thirty minutes. You know, the bright side of yeah. things or whatever. You know, oh, a kitten got rescued or whatever. <laughs> but that makes up for all the other yeah, all the other bad the stuff. other other crap. And uh, why are they doing this? Is to to cover up a lot of the the commerce and the advertising, which is what a lot of this is for: is the selling of products, the uh, the increase of that capitalist mindset. As I said, of, of us trying, versus I, them. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I read a good article on capitalism. I cannot remember it. I wish I. It was before we were going to do this, but that's what the person's whole argument was, is that the reason why we are so aggressive as a nation, is it, it, it's the capitalist mindset. And I'm not saying I support any other form of economics because I don't. Well, I was but, just going to leave that unsaid yeah. and let them assume that. <laughs> but, you know, it's that whole, oh, I got to, I if I work more, if I work harder, if I, you know, my whole self-preservation then I'll succeed and it's that whole mindset and you know you have to admit the media pushes a lot of if you're not capitalist then you've got to be socialist and that whole yeah. divide or whatever but which those are all just false choices yes. just as we talked about before it's all nonsense economics uh, you... is nonsense is a pseudoscience yeah it's absolutely pseudoscience. Uh, were you uh, going to talk about hot and cool media? I don't know. I was trying to decide on that. I I'm reading a book currently. It's um, what it was called. Give me a second. It was Understanding Media: The Extension of Man. It's by Marshall McLuhan, and it's a really interesting book. It's kind of deep, and his whole premise is that. Media is actually an extension. It's a technology, and all technologies are an extension of the human. And what media, particularly the electronic medias, television, are a part of your central nervous system. You know, like the wheel is part of your your leg, you know, that kind of mm. extension that gets you to move. And in the book, he does discuss a hot, the, there, he does a thing where he discusses hot and cool media. And in his, it's kind of hard to explain. It's better to read, so I highly recommend reading it. But he explains that a hot medium is one that, in his words, extends one single sense in high definition, whereas cool media does the opposite. It expresses in low definition. And I liked his example of um, use the photograph versus um, a cartoon like a photograph would be hot medium because you look at it and it's high definition. All the details are there for you. You can see all the it's color. Close to reality. Yes. Man. Whereas a cartoon, not so much. You have to actually put the work into filling in in a cart the picture when you're looking at a cartoon. You have to. Does that make sense? I'm well, I, I mean that happens that. a lot in in movies and TV and things like that where. When you're watching a movie, you don't even think about it, but there's a lot of cuts to where you automatically fill in your head of like all of these things that happen, you know, mm -hmm. from the character just jumps from one scene to the next. So instantly in your head, you're like, oh, well, he must have left and gotten in his car and driven over. Like, you just fill all of this mm -hmm. stuff in, which I do think is a, a reason for them to be that way is they want you just 
filling in uh your reality yeah yeah just, just in. filling in those blanks so that they uh they can just put little key points out there and let you just fill in the rest uh in your head but uh he goes into the book discussing how a lot of times they have to it's hard to explain um he just he d- discusses a lot about oral tradition versus western tradition because in the book, he emphasizes that with the written alphabet is when you really start to see the Western tradition begin. Because oral traditions, like when you go to primitive tribes where they have no written language, they use all their senses and they're, they're all the totality, the totality, of, totality of everything. They're very communal in their living situations because it's all one, it's all one unit. Whereas when the written word was started, people started to separate and specialization occurred. Hmm. You know, okay, I'm going to read about medical stuff, so I'm going to become a doctor. Or I'm going to read about money, so I'm going to become a banker. That kind of... Goes into the, the professional mindset. It specializes, of, this is my expertise. yes. It, he does a much better job of explaining it than I just did, but... Um, I did find that interesting. If you ever get a chance, I would well, highly recommend there is reading a, it. There is a big difference between, uh, as you were saying, a, a vocal work, somebody speaking to you and, and all of the other things that, that come with that uh, speech versus sitting and reading something out of a book. There's mm-hmm. a there's a big difference between those two forms of communication. Absolutely. Well, he used a good the telephone, like the telephone versus the radio. Like radio would be a hot medium because you get kind of the f- full experience listening to the radio. You have the whole sound. Mm-hmm. It's more high definition. Whereas when you're talking on the telephone, you're just talking to another person. You don't have you. It's that cool media. You have to make up what that other person is doing on the other line, that type of thing. I didn't do a very good job explaining that, but like well, I said, uh, I would definitely recommend the book. It's What's the name of it? Understanding Media, The Extension of Man. And I've only really started it. So I was about, I'm sure. Well, that's what a lot of the to... Corbett video was talking about it is is mass media like this being an extension, extension of who you are of yeah. ourselves. And you know, like the radio is an extension of your hearing. Yeah. You know, that phone would be an extension of your communication, your voice. And when any of these things first came out, the uh, the rulers were not very happy about it because it allowed for the exchanging of information in new, broader ways. Whereas like something like the oral tradition, it has those benefits of the, the complete understanding that you can get from that person because not only are you getting the emotion and everything with the speech, but you're also getting, you can ask questions and get the contact, you know, they can engage with you even further with it. But obviously you're limited to having that person there into the local area, which, I mean, that's a whole other thing as if uh, you're saying that that's better uh, of those lived experiences versus as we've been talking about today, that collective groupthink mindset that is created from these media forms of sucking us all together. Well, he goes into the point that actually what uh, our electronic technologies like television has done has actually made us more inclusive. It's kind of gone full circle because, like you said now, back when you lived with the primitive people, you were all one unit. You were kind of all on the same page, I guess. Whereas now 
we're not we may not all live together but we have come like we all know who beyonce is or yeah. we all know who the buffalo bills are or you know it's yeah it's that, that gives that you that inclusive yeah. yeah inclusivity but which is part of the the distraction of filling your head with all that useless information, information knowing yeah. the sports rosters and the players and the teams and Man, what a distraction and a time suck that is. I wanted to talk. I I found the uh, thing Corbett was talking about uh, with the 1938 Halloween. Oh, event. yeah. The I Orson. thought that was fun. Yeah, Orson Welles. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I've actually read a lot of I've a lot of conflicting stuff because there's I I heard what he was saying. A lot of people that was how I was raised was that it caused all this mass hysteria and it made people go crazy. But then I've read other things where it actually wasn't as detrimental as people said that it was just yeah. a very good advertising ploy or Well, I think that... either way it's just an interesting example of the influence and the power that getting on the radio and saying the Martians are attacking, yes. which by the way, I would be expecting that very soon at some point in time <laughs> the go- the aliens are here, let government take care of you. Uh but I I just thought that was an interesting example of of the power of that and how you can get on the radio and say something like that. And all of a sudden a person who would have no reason to think the Martians are invading are now thinking the Martians are mm-hmm. invading or at least uh, a little concerned about it. But yeah, people I'm sure discuss the, uh, the severity of that. Uh, there's been whole, like people have actually funded studies on the results of that. Like it was a big deal at the time, but good stunt. Yeah. Sounds interesting. Well, it wasn't even a stunt. He was just performing for one of the, uh, it was NBC, maybe, one of the bra. He was just reading he the story. Yeah, yeah, he, he had, had a, a radio, radio show, show, and he was just reading the story. And people would just happen to tune in when they didn't realize that. But anyways. He also talked about the uh, what he calls the, the Morgan conspiracy in there, which is uh, kind of like what I was talking about earlier with when you control several of the large media institutions you have basically the whole public narrative in hand and uh, uh these guys sat down these these big family the Steele family the morgan family mm-hmm. and they they sat down and they went to 25 of the largest newspapers and it's like here you know this is what we want like we want yeah. these are our interests and uh if you if you help us with that we're gonna we'll, we'll send funds your way and we'll take care of you um which I mean that that whole idea that's going to be coming up in, in several podcasts of these wealthy families giving the money the Rothschild like it it's crazy how how many times those names show up in whatever you're talking and about. Yeah, people say, "Oh, but you're just a conspiracy theorist if you're talking about the Rockefellers." Yeah, or yeah, yes, yeah, I know. Yeah, those guys totally. Uh, when you have when you have as much money to do anything you want, you you quickly develop other tastes for power and control mm-hmm. that are beyond what what money can give you because money's fake to begin with anyways and those guys know that it's just a tool for their power that they can use to exert over people over people because people believe money is real and participate in that system yes and it's also a good way for the government to funnel their money into other channels so it doesn't look like the government's doing they do yeah. that a lot with like the rockefeller foundation or any of those foundations it's kind of a form of mon- money laundering but well, understanding how... that these corporations and the government have the same 
motive. Like there, mm-hmm. people are constantly uh, doing the cries for government regulation over something, but then in the same breath, we'll say how much uh, corporate lobbying has influenced and destroyed government. <laughs> yeah. life. Well, I can all I can think of is Norman Lear. That's who I was trying to think of uh, the Norman Lear Foundation. Yeah. Uh, the Norman Lear Foundation is heavily influence, influential in a lot of the TV programming that goes on. Mm-hmm. You know, one foundation <laughs> influencing over what? Yeah, this is what we think it's best 60% for you to of the yeah. sh- year. And that's where it get, it gets kind of sad to me. Like I, I think about uh, something like radio a lot, and you turn on the radio and there's nothing but crap, especially yeah. nowadays. It's not anything like I imagine it was in the in the old days and it's and something like that specifically because it's something that could be received so cheaply with such a a cheap radio device and you could be I don't know just thinking of all the uh, the awesome things that could be on there and could be being spread and shared by diverse group of people who are not under uh under these very few corporations that have a controlled message and a controlled format and and just radio specifically is one that really makes me just think about what a a different place it would be if you had people allowed to just get up on there and and say what they wanted to say and and spread their own diverse uh, messages like that Mm -hmm. because man you listen to the radio nowadays i don't even listen i haven't listened to the radio in years (laughs) well we've been pretty uh pretty negative uh today yeah uh talking about how we live in the uh the evil empire one of the biggest terrorist organizations on the planet it is Earth. the largest terrorist okay. organization yeah. i would organization agree i would world. agree name a name a bigger one yeah. i challenge you uh which for some people I, I i don't know you think some people will be shocked by that hearing yes a lot of people <laughs> don't realize just how truly bad the american government is yeah but, i suppose you're right oh you live here it's your choice blah 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 okay yeah yeah our country our country well let's talk about a couple solutions bring some people's spirits up a little bit yes turn it off <laughs> yeah yeah that's turn when it i uh, all off take that television out of your room and yep. throw it out yeah um especially uh i would say with things like social media that was one that i'm really glad several several years ago i decided to just get rid of all of it and it, it, it was one of the best decisions of my life and it definitely inhibits you in a lot of ways especially as a younger person operating in today's society because that's where a lot of people communicate and interact but man i have no regrets getting off of, off of the instagrams the snapchats the facebooks it it's mind control man it's terrible for you and uh i think a lot of people just uh they're scared they're scared of what that entails of actually just cutting off because we've become so connected to these mediums that these are extensions of ourselves and the idea of of deleting those and taking those off our phone or our fondle slab it, it, it's it's a terrifying thought to most people so yeah just turn it all off that's a great place to start um as i was saying earlier i'm kind of at the point now where i don't even like taking in news at all even from alternative yeah. news uh, i think there's still ways that you can be informed on what's happening in the world without consuming any news i think there are but that that requires work it requires effort it, it you can't just sit down and, and listen to a show and take everything they're they're saying is truth and it, it just requires more work to do that 
Um, but that is becoming selective in, in what you are consuming. And which I hope is just one of the things of this show is it just gets people to think about, you know, we were talking about music for a while, uh, the news media, the video games you play, think about what these, uh, these mediums are doing to you and how they're manipulating you subtly in some ways. And, in a lot of ways that you wouldn't even uh, be thinking about to begin with. So I hope people uh, start to think about those things. And start reading more. That's a big... Yeah. Um, it's a lot harder to sit down and read and focus on your attention than to turn on a you know, a one-minute soundbite on television. But you get more information when you read. You have to be a little more selective about your sources because there are some sources out there that are out there to deceive you. Um I tend to stay away from books written by government agents. Yeah, that's a good or academ start. academia because they tend to be very influential in their narrative. But there are good books out there, and I am a firm believer that no matter what you read, as long as you understand who the author is, and what you know, I have read books by socialists. I've read books by capitalists. I've read books, all kinds of books. But as as long as I know who's writing the book, that gives me that frame mind, and then I can read it and discern the information better because yeah, I know... Yeah, an eclectic range yes. of sources. And that's what a lot of people, I don't think, understand when you start actually looking into things for yourself is you can... We made it that whole time without hitting the mic. <laughs> no, I just did it. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I just lost my train of thought by yelling at you about it. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Um, so learn about propaganda harden yourself from it oh you were talking about eclectic sources yes read from various sources oh I was going to say Don't uh, limit yourself. when you're reading from an eclectic range of sources you see how with a lot of things there are bits that they all almost always agree on mm -hmm. Which that varies from what you're looking into. It might only be like a five, like this really small thing that everybody takes as the truth and, and agrees on. It might be like half of it. And then it's really just that other part that they all are having their own takes on and, and differences about. So, like you were saying, of reading uh, from a socialist to a communist to a capitalist type book, and you can take away. Uh, bits of truth that, that you're reading out of there without taking away the whole thing that that person is saying. And that's the sign of a, a mature adult who can process uh, information well, also, and sift through it. People don't understand that all propaganda has a kernel of truth. Yeah. You know, there is some truth to everything that they're saying. It's just they take it and distort it and make it their own truth instead of... Which I think that was one thing I had left out. That is part of the uh, the naturalness that he talks about is just because there are those grains of truth does not mean that the heavy influencing and shading is not occurring, which I think a lot of people do get caught up. As you said, you know, you have to have that current. That's what makes it good propaganda mm -hmm. is to have that that bit of truth in there that you can then spin off, spin the web off of. So uh, consume an eclectic range of sources, and, and we were talking about it. you got to put the effort in to do your own research. Even listening to something like this, uh, this should really just be a jumping-off point for a lot of the things we referenced. A lot of the things we talked about are entire rabbit holes themselves that you can dive into and learn about and read about from many, many different sources. And when you're doing that, uh, 
watch out for the uh, the the person that's claiming that that like you were saying that that authority on a subject and 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 saying this is truth as a similar to how a professor would in a college and gives you the textbook and says this is the truth we're learning from today and understand that the mainstream media is actively trying to deceive you the mainstream media is not trying to inform you they're not just making mistakes it is a a systematic uh tool of propaganda to control your mind and control your actions in the world and to keep you docile to keep you afraid and we don't succumb to the fear mongering that's a big yeah yeah big one which is uh those are key uh key aspects of uh sifting out some someone who's trying to deceive you is if that person's trying to constantly scare you if that's per- person's trying to constantly sell you on the idea of giving up human rights uh, for security national security uh, anything like that there's a good chance that 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 person is a deceiver and yeah i uh i think that's pretty much it i agree you see uh i have a good quote here from the book you think i should read that or sure not? Oh, you know what? I actually have a good quote, too. So you right. do your good yeah, quote, I'll do mine. So I think this is the the very first paragraph of the book, uh, Manufacturing Consent. And he says, The mass media serve as a system for communicating messages and symbols to the general populace. It is their function to amuse, entertain, and inform, and to inculcate individuals with the values, beliefs, and codes of behavior that will integrate them into the institutional structures of the larger society. In a world of concentrated wealth and major conflicts of class interest, to fulfill this role requires systematic propaganda. That's a good quote. It's a lot to take in. Yeah, Noam Chomsky... Yeah, <laughs> I know. His sentences are <laughs> mad. I've read quite a few of his books. <laughs> I know. They're a little crazy. I mean, you, you start getting into four or five commas, but what, what's your quote? Well, mine is by Edward Bernays, which we did not discuss. I did read the book Propaganda before we did this. And like I told you before, I didn't really get a whole lot out of it because I already knew he was an elitist. And it was basically a guideline to... You know, how to how to do propaganda was basically. Yeah. You want to uh, tell so him who if, he was? Yeah. Well, he is. Yeah. He was. Um, they call him the father of public relations because he created a lot. He's most known for in 1929. He did um, it's called the Freedom Torches. It was a whole a propaganda commercialization to get women to start smoking because huh. uh, we didn't, you know, women weren't. It wasn't cool for women to smoke at the time, so he invented this whole advertisement scheme to get women to start smoking. That's what he's most known for. But um, he did write the book Propaganda, which is a guideline to the elites for how to do propaganda and why it's beneficial to keep, because propaganda is key to keeping people in a herd mentality. He actually said that in his book. But I did like the one quote he did say, and it said, government is only government by popu- or public equance. I said that word wrong. Equiescence. Equ- yeah, equiescence. I cannot say the word. Through the support of the people, you create the government. The, gov- you, the only reason why the government exists is through propaganda, is basically yeah. what he is saying. Is if you if don't we, have the government creating propaganda, there's no reason for them. If we all stopped believing in the religion of authority and government it would just vanish it would not exist. so that's we, what we he give said. it the power that's a good quote 
All right. So that's the uh, the first episode of the the Freedom for Life project or podcast, the Freedom for Life podcast. Uh, the website will be up, uh, freedomforlifepodcast.com. So you can go check that out. Uh, there will this will be on the RSS feed and accessible where all that is. I'm not sure if I'm going to bother putting this on any like YouTube or Odyssey or anything. I'm thinking I might just have the website and the RSS feed because uh, there's no video or anything going along with this. So, yeah. Anything else you wanted to say? No, I think that pretty much sums it up. All right. Yeah. Don't trust the government. And read a book. <laughs>